0: Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are.
1: Hi, this is Laura Burheny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. And I'm Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. And today we're going to talk about? Second dog syndrome and a little bit of jealousy. Okay. Which so,
2: is which is a go ahead. Uh, one of your favorite topics, I understand. <laughs>
1: no, uh, well, we'll get, which we'll is, get into a- that.
2: Atypically, Kim has a very, very strong opinion
1: <laughs> on on that. Uh, have, you got to stand for something, Laura. right? Right.
2: <laughs> so we're talking second dog syndrome, and. I, I think this topic started out as one thing, and it has kind of bloomed as we've discussed it. My original thought for second dog syndrome was: when you get your first dog, you plan for it usually, and you spend a lot of time training it. You take you take it to training classes. You know, you go, you take it to the park, you walk it, you play frisbee with it, whatever. You spend a lot of time with the dog, mm-hmm. and then you get a second dog, mm-hmm. and for some reason, the first reason, one, was so much the fun. First one yeah, yeah, first one was so much fun. By the time you get your second dog, you're over it. It's like, I did all that with the first dog, now the first dog can train the second dog. Right. And you just leave them together hoping, thinking
1: that's going to happen. Right. And then you end up, or can end up, disappointed with the second dog. Right. And under the false idea that somehow that second dog is a problem dog their first dog was great but the second dog really has a lot of problems when in reality the first dog had a lot of time and effort you invested, put in the effort right, exactly into it and the second dog was left to try to figure this all out on his own right which and, is really hard
2: and dogs don't learn that way no they don't the first dog doesn't go hey buddy i'll show you the ropes right
1: oh. dogs might pick up some of the behaviors of your of your first right dog. Social facilitation. <laughs> Laura and her trainer terms, but the thing <laughs> is, <laughs> well, no, that, but, that would but be notice social I didn't facilitation, it. folks. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. But the thing is, the problem with that is that your dog is going to pick up some of what the first dog has, and some of it he's going to pick up and do his way, which may not be what you want to see. And right. some of it, he's and then not you get mad him at, at him off.
2: for it, right? And then you get mad at him for doing something wrong when you never took the time to teach him what was right.
1: And you, unfortunately, it's you, maybe you, right. many people. They blame the dog. They blame the dog, and they look at the dog as if this dog just doesn't have the smarts, isn't as nice, isn't as easy, isn't as whatever. And And they don't
2: remember the amount of time that they put in with the first dog.
1: You know, it's interesting. This happens in agility training, too, because um, recently I was out working my dog, and there was a guy out there who has his first agility dog, which he did pretty well with, and he was training his second dog. And he said, he's grumbling after he runs the dog, and he says, uh, whoever said, you know working a second dog is easy or your second dog is always easier is was full of it and i said no actually the second dog is always easier the problem is adjusting your expectations, right. realizing that you took the time to work with and train your first dog, and you're expecting your do- a second dog. You're in a big hurry because you know what the finish line looks like. So you think that second dog should get to the finish line real, real
2: quick. He should take those. He should take those giant leaps in thought.
1: That's right, and and should just be as good as. The, and then you're not willing to take the time. Should just be as good as the first dog. You're not willing to take the time and invest the effort to get him there. And he looked at me and kind of went. Oh, it when you say things like Right, that. right. Because he, he recognized it. Now, this isn't a training situation, but every every time you bring a dog home, you're in a training situation. Dogs yeah. learn all the time. Right. They're learning from... Every me- waking moment.
2: Moment. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a moment to you. Yes. Every... <laughs> that was so easy to say. Did you notice... <laughs> Every waking minute the dog is learning something about his environment, absolutely,
1: so you either teach them what you want them to know or you let them try or they're to gonna make it out up on games their on
2: their own, and you're not going to like them That's right you right them.
1: so second dog syndrome, as you were talking about, I think when you when you and I first talked about this subject, that was your that was your definition of second dog syndrome. Second dog syndrome is when people come home and they're disappointed in that second dog because it it didn't get to where the first dog is right instantly. And, and also, unfortunately, we tend to forget all the struggles we went through. The right, time but, but we
2: trainers remember. Right. I mean, we've had trainer. I mean, we've had trainer. We've had clients who You're just having a good time. I today. am having a really good time. <laughs> we have clients who you know used us five, six, ten years ago with mm. their first dog, mm. and then they call us because they have a second dog. You know, or even three or four years ago, and now the second dog has come along, and they're you know their first dog, of course, is now perfect. Right, never did a thing wrong in his entire or life. Or even if the
1: first dog is gone. Let's say they. Right. Let's say they're replacing that dog. Lived its life out, and now they have a second dog. That's a place where second dog syndrome right. is too. So right. either way,
2: right? E- either way, they're you know they're saying he never chewed up anything. He never dug a hole. He was house trained from day one. And I'm going no, 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 because <laughs> I remember. I right. know, and I can point out specifics. And they go, oh yeah. Right.
1: Right. I think once your dog gets to the place that you want them to be, it's really easy and very human. I mean, I just think this is a natural thing for people to do, and they need reminders. But it's it's very natural to forget the struggles that came prior to that. Right. Because now we're in this lovely space where everything is really easy and everything goes really well. Right. So that's the specific of, of Second Dog Center. But the other thing that we commonly see with second dogs is, oh, God, I have a hard time even saying the word. What, you, what people might term jealousy. I have a, I have a problem with that, that term. Jealousy is not uh, something that I acknowledge between dogs, I think. I think jealousy, as people call it, as people label it, could be defined much more accurately as resource guarding. Jealousy is a very emotionally it's a human charged. Term. Yes, it's a very emotionally charged thing. I've been jealous. You've been jealous. Everybody's been jealous. And so, right. there's a certain amount of when you call it jealousy, people tend to relate to it, and they become sympathetic. There's right. a little bit of well, the dog is justified,
2: and they take it personally in a good way. Right. The dog is he's he's jealous because he doesn't want the new dog near me. Isn't that great? Because he loves he me. loves me right. so much. Right. He's protecting me. That's another one. He's protecting me. No, he's possessing you. <laughs> that's right. And and that's just rude.
1: And jealousy, so so I, with my clients, I actually put the big uh, the big... Kibosh? Uh, yeah, on jealousy right off the bat. I say we're not going to call it jealousy. We're going to call it what it is. It's resource guarding. Plain and simple. Right. Jealousy is resource guarding. If you call it resource guarding, it sounds a lot less romantic. Right. <laughs> right. It sounds a lot less about the dog having feelings and being justified and, and, and loving you so much and a lot more about what it is, which is simply the dog saying, no, this is mine, and being possessive. Yeah, he's guarding it you like he would that guard a bone. Possessiveness. Yes. And so it becomes more a training issue, which is what it should be.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: If you bring a, do- a second dog into your home, and your first dog starts to show what you think is jealousy. You can do yourself a big favor. You can do your dogs a big favor by taking that term out of it and mm-hmm. looking at it as what it is, which is simple resource guarding. And we will absolutely do a podcast or podcast, excuse me, Pause-cast. on uh, on resource guarding because that is a that's a sticky issue. Have you ever had that in your home? Have you ever had a problem with jealousy? One
2: time, you know, with my very first dog, puppy, you never you never met puppy. He was a little benji dog. And I had him, and then I had a second dog, and they never had any problems. But then I brought a German Shepherd home. She was about a year old. Brought her home, and I'm sitting on the floor, and puppy's sitting in my lap. And this was a long time ago Mm -hmm. when I was just starting out in in actual behavior work. And I am sitting on the floor with this dog in my lap, and the German Shepherd walks up, and he growls and snaps. And my my instinct was, get off of my lap, I don't want to get bit. (laughs) So I push him off of my lap, which was the right thing to do, you know, turns out. And he never did it again. Because I was like, don't bite me. Pushed him off of my lap instead of hugging him closer to me and going, oh, it's okay, it's okay, which would have made it worse.
1: Yeah. When you bring a second dog home... I think these two issues and the reason we wanted to talk about these is because these two issues issues become really unfair for that new member of your family it's really hard on that new member of your family when one you expect him to be insta-trained
0: right (laughs) you expect him (laughs) i like that term yeah
1: you expect him to come in and know the ropes and figure it out real quick because he just should because your other dog's brilliant and he should he, he should rise to that And then also for him to have to deal with the fallout of the other dog claiming everything in your house. When you bring a new dog in and your dog starts to act up, it is not jealousy the way we think of human jealousy. It is a simple matter of mine, mine, mine. It's possessiveness. It's like little kids. Right. And so if you... They don't don't know
2: how to share. They don't share or play well with others. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. So if you look at it in those terms, you realize that for the second dog coming in, it's it's kind of a raw deal. First of all, my people are always disappointed in me because I always seem to be doing the wrong thing. But nobody will give me any information and let right. me know what I should be doing. Right. I, I'm trying, but I just don't get it. And then then I got this guy over here who I want to be friends with, but every time I walk near anything that he thinks is his, he becomes jealous. Right. right. <laughs> and, the people, and, and the people that I... Got they feel
2: bad him. for the first dog, too.
1: Yeah, somehow they seem to be siding with him all the time. Yeah. Because that is, unfortunately, why I have a problem with the term jealousy, because it brings up sympathy. And sympathy is the wrong attitude to have toward when toward a resource with something. guarding issue. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because it's a behavior. It's not an emotion. It's a behavior. It's right. resource guarding. And they're guarding you. They're guarding their toys. They're guarding... Anything like that, just the same as they were guard, would guard their food bowl. Jeez, <laughs> can my lips move today? <laughs> it's just just it's as they would guard crazy. their food bowl, right? You know, and like I said, if it's if it's guarding you, it's offensive, right? right. It really is offensive. You right. know, you are no different than the knucklebone.
1: Exactly. So you can't be, and, and it tends to, with jealousy, with that term, what it tends to people to make people do is not pay attention to the new dog that came in. They go overboard because they want to make the older, older dog feel better. He,
2: well, we want to make him feel secure that he's not being replaced. That's,
1: <laughs> oh god. We don't
2: want him to think that, you know, we brought in this new dog and he's going to be out the door. <laughs> How would he possibly have a concept of that?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Hello. I know. This is why this makes me so crazy. This is why it makes me so crazy because it is such, we're so anthropomorphizing when we yes. do that. We are so applying our own thoughts and feelings and ideas and values to something that comes to this world completely formed and without need of our emotions to make it complete. Right. Right. We don't have, they don't, they aren't little people in, in fur coats. <laughs> they're dogs and they and they deal with things like dogs. So, when you bring a second dog in, one of the one of the most important to remember is of all, you are the one who's the standard. You are right. the one who makes the decisions. You are the, and so it that's not just important for the new dog, that's important for the old dog too. And it is your responsibility, not the responsibility of your first dog. To train that dog. Right. And it's Because your otherwise you're going to end
2: up with some squabbles. Right. I mean, um, a couple of squabbles here and there aren't unusual, you know, while they figure out who who decides that what is more important to them. But if nobody steps up to the plate, then they're going to have problems.
1: Right. They're going to be left to step up to the right. plate. Right. 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 If a person doesn't step up. And, and say and these are the rules. Take control of things. Right. So... Take the time, invest it in that second dog. Take the time, give them the information that they need in order to make it through. Don't feel that they are somehow inferior to your first dog because they didn't come to you with all the behaviors that you worked so hard to put on that first dog.
2: Right. But also, you know, along those same lines, like let's say the second dog is a puppy. Mm -hmm. The second dog is a puppy and the first dog is there, and even though we're saying that about jealousy and resource guarding and stuff like that there is some leeway as far as the you know the older dog and the puppy goes because puppies do you mean, need instruction you, you mean, know from the
1: you mean leeway in terms of that older dog telling that puppy exactly yes, exactly I see where so you're what
2: i'm saying going. is what i'm getting to is like let's say the puppy is playing pretty hard with the older dog and the older dog turns around and tells the puppy off that is acceptable That's not resource guarding. That is acceptable for the older dog to go, hey, you're playing too rough. I mean, that
1: is... Right, because a a dog doesn't resource guard themselves. Right. (laughs) They don't consider themselves a resource. So if you have a dog that's completely intolerant, there's a big difference between a dog that's intolerant and a dog that is appropriate in telling a puppy that they've gone too far. And you need to let that happen. It would be as if um, you were sitting at a party and someone's child kept climbing up your body (laughs) and climbing up your body and climbing up your body. You would not want to... To uh, necessarily run around the party um, disciplining somebody else's child, but if they were, if they were taking, if they were literally trespassing on your person, you would feel the need to tell them to stop.
2: And like, so let's say you did tell them to stop, and then the kid's parent came over and you know pinned you to the ground and screamed in your face and said. And, and, said, and said, leave the kid alone. Or
1: even if they didn't go that far, but if right. they just took took you to task because, well, you shouldn't be disciplining my you child. You should be letting my
2: child do whatever he wants to do.
1: Which would be absurd. He is child, right, absurd. exactly. And of course, you wouldn't want to be at that person's party. And it's right. the same thing in this, in this situation with dogs. If you've um, if you've brought a young dog in and you have an older dog, and that older dog also has to set the, the parameters Some boundaries, and right. the boundaries that he that he's comfortable with. He also has to teach that puppy how to relate to him.
2: Because if he lets him get away with too much now, once the puppy gets bigger, the puppy's going to be a bully, especially if you correct the older dog for correcting the puppy appropriately.
1: Right. So this is kind of a fine line to walk, and I think maybe we we should help, this is a good time, to help sort of draw the picture of when your dog is going too far. Okay. So... If you bring a young puppy in and your dog instantly lunges at him and goes at him, that's not what we're talking about. Right. That's not setting boundaries. That's – if you if you bring a, a younger dog in and you're sitting over on the couch and the dog is sitting – next your adult, older dog is sitting next to you and the puppy wanders over to say hello and the dog goes after him, that's a situation of resource guarding. That is a situation that's an inappropriate response. Right. But –
2: if, it, like in your example, let's say the older dog is lying there and the puppy comes over and is playing with the older dog and playing with the older dog and the dog is being very tolerant, going, that's okay, that's okay, but then the puppy starts grabbing the ears of the older dog and the, you know, I mean, a dog, a, an adult dog will allow a puppy a certain amount of leeway, you know, until the, until the puppy's about 16 weeks old when I say he loses his puppy license, okay, uh-huh. and then after that, the, the adult dog is going to be much less tolerant. Hopefully. Okay, hopefully, right. <laughs> um... But he has to establish rules. You know, he's teaching him manners. He's teaching him manners. And he's saying, wow, no, that's too hard. And that's one of the reasons that puppies have little, tiny, tiny, very, very sharp teeth with very little jaw pressure. Right. It's to teach them bite inhibition. And it's to teach the puppy, ow, that's too hard. You're going too far. But also to remember that the adult dog usually does his correction very vocally. And the puppy. It's usually a lot of noise, and
1: sometimes the puppy will scream at the top of his and lap. come running to you. And and that doesn't necessarily mean that your dog went after the puppy. Right. Very often, that's that's just the puppy calling, screaming, "Uncle!" Right. <laughs>
0: okay, I get it. I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. It right. doesn't
1: necessarily mean that you have a situation of aggression, and so it's really important that you, as you watch this interaction between. Your older and your newer dog, or your your resident dog and your new dog, that you watch for signs of the dog being intolerant or just informative. But sometimes their information does come with a lot of no- noise and a right. lot. Right, and
2: hopefully it will because the noise. I mean, the more noise they make, the less likely they are actually touching the puppy. So
1: what you want to do is you want to focus on what the puppy is doing when they make these. Mm-hmm. If your puppy is wandering around the house and the dog goes after him, that's clearly a sign that the dog is aggressing for some reason. Yeah. If the dog is
2: looking to go after the puppy. Right.
1: If the puppy goes over to drink out of the water bowl and the dog goes over and, <laughs> and, chases and goes him after off the of the puppy, water. Bowl. Right. That's that's resource guarding. If the on the other hand the dog is is standing, laying down, sitting, whatever the the position and the doesn't pestering matter. Pestering and
2: pestering and pestering, and the
1: puppy is climbing on him, right, and pushing him, or even standing in front of him and barking, barking, barking to try to get the dog <laughs> to play, which puppies do. Yes, naggy, terrible behavior that just sometimes will drive a dog nuts. And your dog responds if they lift a lip. Don't tell them no. They're telling. Right. They're telling the puppy don't do that. I don't right. want that. And they And they can behaviors.
2: do it so much better than we can. And also. Uh, way to look at this is okay so let's say your adult dog corrects the puppy and the puppy screams and runs away and then two minutes later the puppy goes back up and is playing with the adult dog again so you know he didn't do any damage he was just being informational
1: and by the way sometimes when you bring a second dog in this happens a lot actually I'm glad I've been trying to hold on to this thought we've been talking about the things I'm glad I remembered sometimes when you bring a new new puppy in this happens to people they'll have an older dog and the dog at first seems miserable miserable that this new puppy has come in and they don't want anything to do with it. And when the puppy comes over to play, they don't act like they're very into it. And and I've gotten a lot of calls over this, yeah. people pe- being worried about this. In fact, this happened with my sister. She had um, a dog that I had placed with her years ago. Mm-hmm. And then she decided to get a new puppy. So I chose a wonderful puppy for her. And I worked with it a little bit. And then it went to live with them. And I told her, when you first bring the puppy home, June, that was the older dog, June is going to act like you have ruined her life. Right, right. (laughs) Like you have, think of a teenager. You have ruined my life. So she's going to act that way. And what you need to do is just ignore it. As long as she is not going after the puppy, as long as she is not aggressing at the puppy, let it happen. Because he would be interested in her, and she would, oh, she would show a lip at him, and then she just didn't want anything to do right. with him, and right. she would just pout, and she was going over and standing by, my sister, oh, I'm so sad, and just looking miserable. And I told my <laughs> sister, let just let it let it happen, let it unravel, let, let these things go, and see what happens, because within two weeks, they'll be best friends. Well, those dogs ended up being truly best friends. It was right. the best thing they ever did was get that second dog, because for June... It was a wonderful thing for them, but for June, it was fabulous, because right. she was she was getting into her older years, and it really brought her back. And, right. And, and, and you know, so often it does. Yes. It, it it brought that youth back to her. Yeah. It really, really revitalized her. But if Terry had overreacted to that, if she had been sympathetic to June, if she had been overreactive and tried to make June accept the puppy, mm-hmm. if she had tried to... Uh, if she had called me and said, "Oh, I don't think we, I don't think this was a good idea because June doesn't," <laughs> June want to. is horrible. She's right.
2: miserable. Right. Or if Here, she, come take the puppy back.
1: Or if she had assumed, right, she could have made the decision. Well, right. we we can't keep this because June June's never going to be okay with this. Right. And if they had made the decision too quickly, that June was not going to adapt to the situation, they right. would have lost out on a dog that they adore. By the way, they absolutely are crazy mm-hmm. about this dog. And and June missed out on this best friend because they right. ended up. June, June has since passed away, but right. they, you know, June lived several years after that. Right,
2: and she would have missed out a couple of years <sighs> of, of having that m- amount of activity. At the same time, though, when you have an adult dog who is truly miserable, like let's say he's even, the, the dog is even older, you know, like 12 years old, 13 years old, you know, really getting up there and really not in the mood to play, and the puppy comes along and the puppy is really starting to bully the older dog, and the older dog doesn't have it in them to say get off of me mm-hmm. then you either do have to step in or maybe consider that a puppy isn't isn't right at this time
1: right the time because it's considered- not fair
2: to torture the older dog
1: and the time to consider that, by the way, is prior to bring the puppy in. You really have right. to be able to to see. If your dog is getting up there in years, sometimes bringing in a puppy can help a dog that's getting older. Yeah. It can It can revitalize them. It can bring that, that youth back in. But if you have a dog that's really getting up there in years, and this dog is having a hard time, hard enough time making it through his world, that's a really tough thing to then bring a puppy in yeah. and have that dog. And, have and to then, deal with it. then you have to consider, if you are going to bring a puppy in, then that's to really take a very close look at the, the breed and the temperament type of the puppy yeah. that you're considering bringing in right. and not bring in a puppy that's going to that's overwhelm your older dog. Right, because
2: that's not fair. Because also a puppy is going to take more of your time. And so let's say you've got a 13, 14-year-old dog, and now you've got a puppy that's taking more of your time for training and housebreaking and stuff. You're missing out on a lot of good time that you're not going to have anymore with that older dog.
1: Right. Right. You know, it's it's a tough one for me because honestly, I've seen so many older dogs do much better when a yeah. puppy comes in. That, but I think when it doesn't work out well is when people bring in some young, larger breed dog of a really enthusiastic, uh, you know, temperament nature yeah. that is really overwhelming. When maybe they could have brought in a puppy that was a little bit less, uh, less a little ugly. more docile, right? Yes, a- absolutely. That docile—that's a good word for it—and then. And then maybe that older dog would have absolutely ended up with a best friend. So this is something you really have to give a yeah. lot of consideration to. Anyway, we are running on, and I think we're probably at the end of the amount of time that we have. So hopefully this gave you some ideas about second dog syndrome.
2: Great. This is Laura Berhaney from Animal Attraction Unlimited again, and still.
1: I, and I'm Kim Reinhardt with Misbehave And Thank you very much for joining us. Bye-bye.
0: You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website, At www.petdogtrainer.com To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com Thank you for listening.